Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you here today have realized that being a Christian does not insulate you from trouble? Well, I got a great big amen on that one. How many of you realize that it doesn't insulate you from sometimes having more than you feel like you can handle? That's an even bigger amen. Hot dog, I'm, I'm on the track today. Because you know what I'm going to talk to you about? When everything becomes too much. What do you do when everything becomes too much? If you haven't been there yet, hang on, you will. Don't speak that over me, Pastor Jeff. I don't have to. It's coming anyway. There's times in life that it's going to be too much. Or at least it's going to feel like it is. And I want to read to you out of the Psalms where the writer of this Psalm, don't know if it's David or not, but the writer of this Psalm has had too much. Feels like he can't go on. And I want to read it now. I love the very first verse. And if if you've ever been there, I want you to give me an amen when I read it. If God hadn't been there for me, I never would have made it. (laughs) Yeah. I could stop right there and preach for 30 minutes. But look, he goes on. I love this. The minute I said, I'm slipping, I'm falling, your love, God, took hold and held me fast. And look how he's honest here about his emotional state of mind. When I was upset and beside myself, you calmed me down and cheered me up. Notice the paradox. I felt like I had more than I could handle, but I ended up being calmed down and cheered up. Because of God. Because of God. Father, thank you for your word today. And Lord, many of us in here right now feel like things have become too much. People right now, not only here, but watching online, and not only online, but listening later on radio and on pray.com and around the world. People are going to hear this. Who have reached a breaking point. Who don't know where to turn who don't know what to do. And I pray this word will reach out and grab them and lift them and encourage them because of Jesus and for His sake. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to make it. Hang on. I love the honesty of the Bible. I really do love the honesty of the Bible. Um, because one day the writer of this psalm, now again, we don't know if it's David. We don't know if this psalm is Davidic or, or what, because it could have been another writer easily. We don't know. But we do know this. He felt utterly overwhelmed with the complexities and problems of life. Life had caught up with this individual. And he was feeling overwhelmed emotionally beside himself, to the breaking point. Now, we know from the psalm itself that one of the things that brought him to this place was the culture he was living in. It was a very wicked, godless culture. 
and it was putting great pressure on him as a believer in God. There's a reason that I'm speaking on things like this because I, I think I'm not unusual. I think I'm typical of believers in this day and age in the culture we're living in that this culture has gotten so wicked that it pressures us. And it does more than that. It vexes us. And, and, and you got to go out and you got to work in it. You got to make your living in it. You got to listen to the talk and be around the attitudes. Hear the dirty jokes. Uh, listen to the godlessness. And it's not easy on you. You're out there in a tough place. And so was this man. So wicked that he could get it off of him. He went and described what the wicked in his culture were, were like. He says, God, let me tell you about them. Of course, God knew, but he needed to get it off his own chest. So he cries out to God, and he describes the wicked of his city. And he says this in verse 4 of Psalms 94, God, the wicked get away with murder. How long will you let this go on? I haven't even prayed that lately. Right? Where are you, God? Where are you? How come you're letting this go on? How can you watch this go on and not move? Where are you? That's an age-old conflict. And he goes on. The wicked brag and boast and crow about their crimes. They're not only criminals, but they're bragging about it. They're boasting about it. They're, they're going on and on about it. They're not ashamed of it. And they're not afraid of justice. They, they do these things with impunity. They walk, he says in verse 5, they walk all over your people, God, and exploit and abuse your precious people. They take out anyone who gets in their way. Sounds like the mafia. They take out anybody that gets in their way. If they can't use them, that is the wicked with the righteous, if they can't use them, they kill them. And here's what their attitude is. For the Lord isn't looking, they say. And besides, he doesn't even care. If God's there, he doesn't care. If God's there, I'm not going to answer for it. God may be there, but he's not a God of justice or judgment. So there's no fear of God. They're not afraid of God. Their whole attitude is, I'm going to do what I want, go where I want, commit whatever crimes I want, live however I want, and treat people in whatever way I want, especially God's people. And I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried about justice. So this man that wrote this psalm is feeling this, and it's gotten to him. Because not only does he see this around him, but they're persecuting him. They're coming against him. So he's reached the breaking point, not being able to go on. He says, I can't take another step. I'm to the point where I don't feel I can take another step. Uh, uh, he, he feels down for the count. You know, I'm on the mat, I'm down for the count, and the counter is at about eight, headed to ten. I feel I'm that close. He admits, I've been beside myself. I've been sinking in the quicksand of despair. This is a godly man. Telling us the truth. I got faith, but I'm not understanding what I'm seeing around me. And it's getting to me. Where's God? I'm reaching a place of despair. 
I'm out of energy. I'm out of strength. I, I don't have it in me. I don't want to get up in the morning. I don't want to go on down the road. I'm losing my zest and my zeal. I'm down to survival mode, and I'm almost done with survival mode. That's where he's at. He recounts how the Lord took hold of him and held him fast. Now he's looking back. This whole psalm, he's looking in the rearview mirror. And he's going, when I got really down like this, when I was really, really down, God broke through. And God wrapped his arms around me. And God held me fast. That's, that's Bible way of saying God gave me a great big bear hug. God held me in a great big bear hug. So he realizes looking back, how many of you like looking back rather than being in it? Isn't it easier to look back? Aren't you glad when you can look back and not be in it anymore? Amen? So he's looking back. And, he, and he, he's honest about something. He said, you know what? I realize now, if God hadn't been there, I would never have made it. If God hadn't been there, I wouldn't have made it. Amen? And maybe you're there today. Maybe you're in some kind of a trial that is overwhelming you. It's been going on a long time. Uh, and you're looking up going, how long, Lord? Your, your trial has been going on and on. And right when it seems like it's going to change, it doesn't change. And you're wondering how long God is going to let you experience this trial. And it's wearing on you. Life feels like it's closing in on you from every side. See, believers experience this. We are not exempt from that kind of an experience. You're juggling all the problems you can, doing your best to keep them all in the air, but you start dropping some. Maybe people have turned against you because of your faith. Listen, uh, I've been witnessing to lost people all week. And I'm going to tell you, it's changed. I used to go up to people and say, Jesus loves you. And they either ignored me and walked away or said, really, tell me more. Not anymore. You got to be loaded for bear, friend. Because they're going to they're gonna come at you and give you arguments, and there's a lot of hostility out there, and I've dealt with it this week. That's okay. I'm a big boy. A greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and, and I give them answers. Amen? But nevertheless, it's real, especially when, so let's say, family members distance themselves from you. Because you're a Bible person. You've got Bible convictions. And you share those convictions. And you've got every right to share them. And yet, when you share them amongst some family members, you're pushed back. Some of you have felt that. Or maybe so many things have gone wrong around you, you just feel you can't cope anymore. Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? I want you to take heart from this psalm. Because this psalm is going to encourage you. Amen? How many of you are ready to be encouraged? Amen. I didn't come to preach you down. I came to preach you up. I didn't come to discourage you. I came to encourage you. I didn't come to lift the devil up. I came to preach him down and lift Jesus up. So, so I want you to say, I'm ready to be encouraged. Thank you, all five of you. Let's try it again. I'm ready to be encouraged. Amen. How many of you could stand being encouraged today? Amen. Well, let me just take his testimony and let me share some things with you that jump out at me. First of all, the Lord did not allow his trials to destroy him. 
He says, if God hadn't been there for me, I would have been toast. If God hadn't been there for me, I wouldn't have made it. But God, but God, but God, but God, but God was there. And while his trials were bigger than him, they were not bigger than the almighty creator of all things. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. If if it hadn't been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made it. I think of another Psalm where David, it was David who said, um, I would have fainted if I had not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord manifested in my life in the land of the living. But because I knew God had the steering wheel of my life and was ultimately in charge of my life, no matter what I was experiencing, then I knew I would see his goodness manifested in the land of the living. Weeping endures for a night. Yes, it does. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. Joy comes in the morning. And so he realizes in retrospect that his trials would have crushed him had it not been for the Lord. But through God, he made it to the other side. Now, you know, sometimes God allows a trial to come our way that is bigger than us, stronger than us, that we cannot handle, that we can't think our way out, talent our way out, get out through our looks or our pedigree or our money. There's no way out but God. God will allow a trial like that from time to time so that when we do come out on the other side, we come out with a testimony. You know what a testimony is? It's when you've been tested and done some moaning. And you come out with a testimony. Amen? You come out with a testimony. But God wants us to be able to say, if it hadn't been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made it. But let me tell you about my God. He came through for me. He picked me up. He dusted me off. He brushed me off. He breathed fresh life into me, fresh vision, fresh hope, fresh life, and sent me back on the road of life. And I owe it all to God. I'm so glad the Apostle Paul was transparent as well. Listen to what he said. He went through a trial. He is so honest here. Listen to what he says. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8. He says, I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. We were really crushed and overwhelmed, and we feared we would never live through it. You ever been through a trial? You didn't know if you were going to physically live through it? Paul did. And just like the psalmist, he said, it was from persecution. When you study the context of that verse, it was because of persecution. Wicked people, wicked culture were coming at him, pressuring him, attacking him, hounding him, hunting him, uh, beating him, jailing him. And finally that culture got to him. And he says, I was so overwhelmed, we despaired even of life. We didn't know if we were going to live. That's how bad that trial got for Paul. But then he says in verse 9, get this, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. Oh, that's good. You know know you're in tribulation when there is no way out but God. And he says right here, he said, we were powerless to help ourselves. Are you powerless today to help yourself? Are you powerless? Are you in something you can't do anything about it? Uh, you, you don't have the wherewithal, the money, the talent, the looks, 
any means to handle it if God doesn't do it? Then let me tell you what Paul said. Paul said, but that was good. Paul, have you lost your mind? You're, you're sitting there thinking you're, you may not even live through this. And you're so overwhelmed you can't see your out. And yet you're saying that's good? What's the matter with you? Have you lost your mind? No, he understood something. Look what he said. For then we put everything into the hands of God. There's no way out. What else can you do? You say, dear God, it's yours. I let go of this. Casting all my care upon you, for you care for me. Psalms 55, 22, roll your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. He will not let you slip. He will not let you fall. He will hold you up. He will keep you. He will never walk out. He won't fail you. He won't forsake you. He won't divorce you. He will not break his covenant with you. He will always be with you to the end of the ages. He's on your side. And I love what he said in verse 10. He says, who delivered us from so great a death. So he got delivered. But look what he says. And he does deliver us now. And in whom we trust, he will still deliver us. Did you catch that? He said, I'm walking with a God who delivers. Uh, He did it then. He's doing it now. And he'll do it tomorrow. No matter what comes my way in the future, no matter what I'm experiencing right now, and my past is only a testimony of God delivering me back then. If he did it then, he'll do it now. If he does it now, do it tomorrow. My God is a delivering God. He's a delivering God. See, how many of you can say, man, I went through some, through some things, you know, a while back, and I thought I was down for the count. And you even wondered, am I even going to be able to get back in the saddle, get back in church, get back in the things of God? I've been hit so hard. But look, here you are today. Your hands are raised. You're still a Jesus person. You're still listening to a message. You're still walking. What got you back on your feet? It came not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. You got up again. Everybody say, he did. He does, and He will. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen. So, Paul is saying what the psalmist said, if God hadn't been there for me, I would never have made it. But He was. He was there for me. And God did not allow the trial to destroy Him. I love what He said in another place. We're pressed on every side by troubles. This is the the testimony of the great apostle Paul who sent out handkerchiefs and people were healed and he didn't charge you for them. That's free. I just tossed that out. He, He just said, look, let me pray over this handkerchief. You take it. Demons came out of people and they were healed when they touched it. But this man said, you want to know what it was like in my personal life? I'm pressed on every side by trouble. To the left, to the right, behind me, before me, trouble. Yet, we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't know which way to go, where to turn, how to handle these things. But, I'm not in despair. Because I know that God knows where I'm to go, what I'm to do, where I'm to turn. He's got it. So even though I don't get it, He gets it and He's got me. 
He said, like a, like a rabbit, we're hunted down. We're hunted down. Now, I've been persecuted. I've been criticized. I've experienced a lot of negativity from people through the years for my faith. But I'm going to tell you, I've never been hunted. I've never been hunted where somebody is looking for me to take my life. I've never experienced that. Not yet. The way our country's going. That's why I'm preaching messages like this. I want you to know no matter what comes our way, you can know this. God will not let the trial destroy you. He will hold you up. He will strengthen you. And he will take you through the valley of the shadow to the other side. Yeah. But I got to say, I've never been hunted. I can't imagine what it's like to wake up and, and wonder, has my enemy found out my location? I, I don't know what it feels like to go to sleep with one eye open because they may find me that night. David was hunted for 10 years by Saul in the wilderness, in caves, in the forests. Saul stalked him, hunted him down, looked for him to kill him. He lived that way. I don't know what that's like. But Paul said, we're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We're, we get knocked down. Oh yeah, we get knocked down. We're not always up there on top of things. We get knocked down. One day they took Paul and stoned him and left him for dead. Pummeled him with rocks. And they left him for dead. But the neat thing it says in the Bible, the next day he got up again and started preaching immediately. He said, I'm knocked down, but I'm not destroyed. Everybody say, not destroyed. destroyed. Pressure from every direction. Not knowing what to do. Hunted by enemies. Knocked down, but never totally destroyed. And that's the message of this psalm. Amen. Now the second thing I see in this psalm is when his own strength failed, God's strength stepped in. He said, the minute I said, I'm slipping, I'm falling, your love, God, took hold and held me fast. When my strength was out. Now let me tell you something. We talk about having your gas tank low. You can reach a point where you feel like you're going on fumes. And then the fumes are running out. And that's where this man was. And what happened? When his strength gave out, God's strength came in. Oh, church, listen to me. Listen to me. Do you feel that way today? Is your strength running out? Uh, do you feel tired on the inside? Weary on You can even get a good night's sleep. You still feel tired. Are you losing your motivation to get up again? Uh, do you feel like you're slipping, falling, weakening? Well, you're in good company because so did Paul. And so did the psalmist. And listen to what happened to Elijah, the great prophet, one of my Old Testament heroes. Listen to what happened to him. He reached this place. He prayed this prayer to God. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm not going to do it, but I'm asking you to do it. Now that's what you call low. But didn't he just call fire out of heaven to consume the altar? Didn't he just execute 400 prophets of Baal? Didn't he just have all of Israel saying, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. The high apex moment of his life. And one day later, I've had enough, take my life. Because sometimes the devil attacks after a great victory. 
And he's low. He's down. Of course, God got him up again, followed him to the gate cave he went to. What are you doing in here? This is not where a prophet should be. Get out there and start prophesying again. Get out of this cave. God ever said to you, what are you doing here? (laughs) Has he? You ever been sitting somewhere you shouldn't? And God says, what are you doing here? Let me put it this way. What are you doing here? You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. What are you doing here? Get back up again. Get back on the road of life. Get back into usefulness. Maybe somebody needs that for free. I don't know who that's for. I'm going to look right in the camera. What are you doing there? What are you doing there? One time I preached. I didn't know I was being watched in another state. A couple were meeting, both married to somebody else. And they saw the message and repented right there and called me and said, our, our meeting was ruined by you. I'm serious. And I said, I'm so glad to have been a part of that ruination. And they got back with their spouses. And that's something. You never know who's watching. So what are you doing there? I wish I'd have said that that day. That would have made it really real. What are you doing there? But the message itself got them. Folks, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen. The word of God goes where you never know it's going. Paul said... Paul said, let me tell you something. When my strength ran out, his came in. He says, now I take abuse, accidents, opposition, and bad breaks in stride. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Amen. Say with me, the weaker I get, the stronger I become. And finally, God reached in. How do you reach in? How do you do it? He says he picked me up. How did he do it? He did it with two things. He did it with his love and he did it with his comfort. He says, he says, I'm slipping, I'm falling. But suddenly your love came and took hold of me and held me fast. Paul said the love of Christ constrains us. We are kept by the love of Christ. We are buoyed up by the love of Christ. We continue by the love of Christ. I love him, he loves me. And that makes everything a whole lot better. I am my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. Amen? So he said, your love broke through and held me fast, but he didn't stop there. He said, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer when doubts were filling my mind. He said, man, I'm watching all this wickedness. Nothing is being done to these people. And they're persecuting me. And I'm wondering where you are. And all of a sudden, God's love broke through and put him in a bear hug. And then God comforted him with supernatural comfort that can't be explained. I will send you another comforter, Jesus said. He's going to comfort you. The Greek word is parakletos. Para, the prefix, means alongside. He says, the gift I'm sending you is going to come alongside you when you're in trouble. 
the Holy Ghost is going to come alongside you and strengthen you. He's going to take your hand and walk with you. He's going to be right next to you and he's not going anywhere. Amen? Even if it's you that brought the trouble to yourself, you ask forgiveness and here comes the paracletos right alongside and I'm going to walk with you. You and me together, we're going to, we're going to lick this thing. We're going to beat this thing. You're going to make it to the other side. You're not going to build your house in the valley. You're not going to pitch tent in the valley. You're not going to stay in the valley. You're going to go through the valley and come out on the other side. Amen. And I want to close, I want to close this with this one thing. When you're, how many of you have been comforted by the Holy Spirit even lately? He's comforted you. He's comforted you. Amen. All right. When he did that, are you ready? Let me give you a, a newsflash. He's making you a minister. He's prepping you to be a minister. Now, I'm not saying ordained, doing what I do, but you're going to be a minister. You say, well, what do you mean? Let me read it to you. And before you know it, he brings us along someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just like God was there for us. God never wastes a pain. God never wastes a pain. He says, we have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah. Amen. But no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. So every time God comforts you, here's what, here's what God is thinking. Somebody is just down the road, just around the corner, just around the bend, and you're going to encounter them. And they're going to say, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And it's going to be what you just went through. And you're going to be able to comfort them. Oh, I understand where you are exactly. I'm not talking to you from some ivory tower. Uh, You know, I didn't read this, that I should do this. But I have empathy because I went through the same thing. And let me tell you how God comforted me. Yesterday I was on the phone with a man in our congregation whose wife was about to slip away. They were in the hospital. And she was minutes away. I said, can she hear me? Because I called. I didn't know it was going on. It happened fast. But I have them. I said, can she hear me? He said, I think so. Let me talk to her. So I said, Carol, it's Pastor Jeff. I want you to know Jesus is there as your great shepherd. And the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there's a lot of nice homes. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He was there. His two children were there adult children, and I talked to them. I said, I know exactly where you're at. Because five years ago, I lost my late wife to cancer. And I was there when she slipped away, right where you are now. And you know what? I'm not talking to you from something I read in a textbook. I've been comforted. He comforted me. And let me comfort you. He was in the first service. 
came down to the altar. And I said, what a testimony that it happened yesterday, and here you are in God's house today. Amen? Worshiping God. Worshiping God. And I said to him, David, David, God's with you. He's going to comfort you. You don't think you can get through this, but I'm telling you, you can. And he's going to carry you. And you know what's going to do it? His love and his comfort. Yep. So can we stand together today? Amen. So I want us to review real quickly. Here it is. One, God didn't allow his trials to destroy him. Two, he experienced God's strength in his own great weakness. And third, God lifted him with love and encouraged him with comfort. And I want us to lift our hands now to the Lord and maybe you're in a position today where you need God to comfort you, to love on you, to strengthen you. And you're in something you feel is bigger than you, but it's not bigger than him. I want to invite you into the altar right now. I want to lay hands on you. And I want to pray that God strengthens you. I want you to come. Come on, if you're struggling, I want you to come and say, I'm not ashamed to come. I need the strength and the help of God. I need his peace. I need his presence. I need him to hold me up. I need him to help me to take my next step. I need him to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. I need the help of the Lord today because I can't help myself. And there's nothing wrong with being in that position. We've all been there. And God helped us all.